Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. This show is going to be all about name, image, and likeness coming to college football. Of course, there is a bill in the Ohio Senate that looks like it will pass. Looks like even in this day and age, Bax, this looks like a bipartisan bill that looks like it will pass where name, image, and likeness is coming to Ohio, and it's going to come to college football in general. And we're going to talk all about it on today's show. All right. NIL backs go. Well, obviously, this is a great thing for the kids. We've been saying this for years. Remember Tatgate? Like, everybody who's uh, that was right around the time I started writing for Bucknuts was when that whole idiocy went down. And, you know, in a way, I'm grateful to it because I was so outraged about it for months that that probably established me as one of the writers there on Bucknuts pretty well. But the reality is, you had kids who were not just suspended. They are not just made pariahs. In the cases of Terrell Pryor, he got even suspended to the NFL for what he did in college. How stupid is that? And their transgression at the end of the day was they chose to sell their own personal possession to have money to purchase something. Ergo, something you or I could do without any issues whatsoever. How insane is that? And, and the reality is that this... NIL bill is going to remove idiocy like that from dive bombing program. And it allows the kids to start doing what everybody goes to college to do, which is make money. I went to Ohio state to get an engineering degree because I thought being a professional engineer could make me money. I didn't go to Ohio state to become a professional engineer because engineering sounded like super duper fun. Like I'm good at it, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. I went there to make money. What do you think these kids are coming to Ohio state for? Like, you think they come here to be excited and, you know, sing the Buckeye battle cry in Carmen, Ohio? Sure, absolutely. But at the end of the day, they're coming to Ohio State because they all want to play in the NFL and they all want to make money, right? And if this seems too simplistic for people, we all act in our own best self-interest, which is, aka, we need money to pay for stuff, right? The money doesn't matter, but the ability to do things with it certainly does. So all these kids, who are not able to get jobs while they're students because they're so busy with their athletic career and trying to be students at the same time, now have the opportunity, some of whom come from very meager backgrounds, uh, to be able to start making money, right? And you're going to see a lot less shady stuff happening because these kids start having some income. This is a good thing. This is what's best for the student athlete, right? And the reality is, sure, there are some, some... there's always unexpected side effects and unintended consequences to something as momentous as this. But the big picture overall is that this is a really good thing because at the end of the day, why do you go to college? So you can be even more successful. You don't want to go to college and rack up $100,000 in student loan debt and, and have something you can't do anything with the rest of your life. These kids are going to college for free and they're going to make money while they're doing it and have a chance to put themselves into the NFL or whatever comes next in life for them. Because if you're used to being able to work on the NIL side, and even if your NFL career doesn't work out, it opens up even more doors for you. This is a great thing for student-athletes in every sport. 
All right, you're in favor of this, and I want to get into pros and cons. We'll get into more of the pros. You, you outlined a lot of them right there. I want to get into any cons you see, any downsides you see of name, image, and likeness, athletes being able to profit off their name, image, and likeness coming to college sports. What are the downsides if you see any? Well, one is going to be inequity in a team situation, right? Like, we don't know how they're going to govern this. Like, are they going to have a cap of what players can make? That's my first question is how it's going to be implemented, right? Because the downside might be, you know, let's say, right, look at look at last year. Justin Fields was the most marketable player in the country outside of Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, without a question, he was the most marketable kid in the country, not named Trevor Lawrence. Well, if you're allowing this to be a free market capitalism system where Justin Fields gets his true value in terms of his name, image, and likeness compared to a lot of the other guys on the team, you're going to have a lot of guys who are going to be, you know, doing Donato's ads as part of the, the Ohio State defensive line goes to Donato every, every week or whatever, right? Like, you know, I mean, well, Justin Fields is going to do all those ads he did the moment whenever the draft came around, you know, doing Chipotle with Chase Young and all this other stuff, right? So he probably would have made more than the rest of the team combined. So you have to wonder about things like jealousy and inequity, stuff you don't usually work about in a college locker room, right? Because everybody's just, you know, pulling the rope together for the team. They're all chasing the same goal of that future dollar bill, right? So that's a downside is not only that, but it's going to have to run through an official OSU office probably, right? So, you know, is there going to be like, for example, I remember a couple of years ago, Braxton Miller had a buddy who ran one of those like multi-level marketing things and he tweeted about it when he had to take it down. Does that stuff have to be approved through OSU? Does OSU get a cut of all this? Because they have an argument to make that they deserve a cut of it, right? Being that they're utilizing these players, they're utilizing the Ohio State platform and name and image of the but, but they won't. Yeah, they just yeah, just sorry to cut you off there, but just for the listeners out there, Ohio State will not be able to get a cut of this. That's part of the bill. Ohio State will not be able to get a cut of this. That's good to know. So, I mean, think about that, Dave. OSU's probably going to sue about that. We know Ohio State. This is, you want, want a con? They're going to sue about that. Ohio State sues about anybody who used this blocko without their permission. But I mean, Gene Smith is on. But Gene Smith is on board, though. But Gene Smith is on board. I hear what you're saying, but I think I disagree with you because I think Gene Smith is on board with the the senator from Miamisburg near the Dayton area. Gene Smith is in lockstep with him, so I don't think Ohio State's going to sue. Well, then they're going to have to get a cut of it. Like, we can, we can smile about it right now, and this is Gene Smith, and, you know, Gene's not going to be the AD forever, right? I mean, this is the same Ohio State University that was actively in lawsuits with, like, dozens of memorabilia people for selling knockoff OSU t-shirts on Lane Avenue, right? So, you know, in the, if you're going to expect these players to show up and use their name, image, and likeness in an ad, like, let's say that, you have an Ohio State football player whose buddy works at a, a, a gentleman's club. And, the, you know, the, let's say it's the favorite gentleman's club of player X, right? And that shows up in an ad and he's running for a touchdown, you know, and like you could say player X scores at scores or whatever, right? Like, you think OSU is going to be down with that? Absolutely not. There's going to be limitations on that. Well, they've said you can't. There's, there's, some, there's some stipulations here in the bill. You can't do any ads associated with alcohol weed tobacco and sex i mean right so the fun things in life i'm kidding bucknutters probably but those i mean that's written into the bill you can't do any like the name image and likeness you cannot profit off anything any type of company that deals with alcohol weed tobacco and sex that's gonna end up just to be blunt because we all know that's where most of the money in advertising is anyways right 
And like, you know, are they going to be able to publicize the player's appearance at a bar to make it autographed? Right. Well, technically they serve alcohol there. Right. There's, I'm, I'm playing the contradictory guy here because if you think about it, uh, Weed is legal for 21-year-olds in a lot of states, right? What happens if it becomes legal here for recreational use? Alcohol is certainly legal for everybody over 21. Are you going to tell a 22-year-old Ohio State football player that he can't do an ad for North High Brewing? I mean, let's be real here. If you're a football player, there's 20 grand on the table, and you're told no because it has a connotation with alcohol, that's going to happen at every single school. And what happens in the South, where I can guarantee you they're not going to stop them from doing beer ads, right? It's going to be a competitive disadvantage. So I'm just running out potential downsides here is that whenever they're given the opportunity to use their name and image and they want to try to control it, then there's going to be fights about it. Guaranteed. I did find it um, hypocritical when we know, I mean, beer sales is a huge part of college football advertising, but they're going to say the players, even if they're of age to drink, um, are not allowed to profit off that. That seems to be when you have beer sales all over Ohio Stadium, you have advertising for alcohol companies, which I know used to not be a thing at Ohio State, but it is now. But the players themselves cannot profit off of that. I found that interesting. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's get back to pros, things you like about this. Now, you you gave a lot of stuff you already like about this. Maybe what are some other things that you really like about this, especially from the Buckeyes' perspective? Well, think about it. It's a big competitive advantage for a school like Ohio State in a big city like Columbus that is a hub of a lot of different commercial enterprises, right? You have two plus million people in central Ohio, and the state of Ohio is one of the 10 most populated states in the country. So if you have people who are on board with terms of using Ohio State football players, you're going to have a myriad of opportunities compared to, say, Purdue or even Michigan. Let's, let's compare it to Michigan, right? That's our rival right now. I know we all think Alabama is the bad team we need to beat, but Michigan's our rival, right? Columbus has more people than Detroit. Ohio has more people than Michigan, right? And the hometown effect of Columbus has no other pro sports other than the crew and the Blue Jackets. Uh, at this point, you have to sort of call college sports somewhat pro sports because they're getting paid now for some stuff. And the Columbus market is going to be a mecca for these kids to come and make their NIL money, Right. Like, if you have a kid who's picking between Ohio State and Illinois, you know where he's going. I mean, he's probably going there anyways. But think about, like, Norman, Oklahoma. How, who the hell is paying money in Oklahoma compared to what you'd be seeing in Columbus, Ohio? Or, a kid, like, say it's a kid from Cincinnati who goes to Columbus, right? He's going to have two major cities worth of advertising opportunities for himself. Hell, three of you include Cleveland. And we all know how much Dayton loves Ohio State. So, at the end of the day, there are, Ohio State is one of the best positioned schools in terms of marketplace, in terms of being able to recruit to that dollar bill, right? Because the, the pitch everybody has for money right now is, you know, money bags of uh, McDonald's bags of money at Tennessee and whatever they do at Auburn. But in terms of legitimate money recruiting pitches, it's you're going to make the NFL. Your degree is worth something, right? Those are the pitches they have now. If you're Ohio State, you can say you come to Columbus and we have NIL deals that we cut for our players for Cardinal Health and Wendy's and all the other corporate nationwide insurance. You spend more money on Ohio State football players than you can count, right? Uh, and I tell you what else it's going to do. It's going to change the pecking order in football real quick. You think Northwestern isn't going to profit their brains out on this? Any good student athlete in the country is going to go be a king of Chicago and make boatloads of money, right? You think USC is going to stay down much longer when you have literally the city of Los Angeles? Same with UCLA. 
there's going to be way more reason for kids to go there than there is for a place like Oregon right now, right? You're going to see a lot of these schools, like, you know, a state like Alabama is going to be fascinating because they don't have a ton of population, right? And Tuscaloosa isn't a big town. Auburn's not a big town. Your biggest thing, Birmingham and Montgomery will offer some opportunity, right? But in terms of the NIL side of things, you know, they're going to have to continue doing what they're doing now in terms of money stuff because they're not going to have the same advertising dollars as a whole from the major corporations. And for those of you who think the corporations don't matter in terms of advertising dollars, why does every single new stadium built have more big money seats near the field that the corporations buy and more luxury boxes that the corporations buy? Those are always what they did to upgrade from the 70s era stadiums. That's where the money is. And Columbus is going to be near the top of college location in terms of being in a city with opportunities and corporations to help fund this NIL. And especially with the large alumni base Ohio State has, it really puts Ohio State in an excellent position and can totally change some of the balance, balance of the structures we currently have in college football. Last thing here on the show, I'm curious to get your take on this. We're just spitballing here. Man, I imagine, I don't think you have to imagine very hard. I imagine coaches do not like this at all. It's another thing they have to deal with, even if everything's on the up and up, seemingly. It's just another thing they have to deal with, no matter what they say publicly. What's your take on that? What do you think college football coaches in general, or specifically Ohio State coaches, think about this development? Well, this is the second half of a double whammy that's going to make coaching college football an utter nightmare. Uh, the first half from a coach's perspective, look, I, first of all, I genuinely like the NIL idea. And the other half of this is the one-time mulligan transfer, which I have been supportive of from the start. I think kids should get that opportunity in every sport. But if you're a college football coach, look at it from their perspective. You recruit, let's take a look at the Ohio State current roster. You just recruited Kyle McCord to Kansas. He is a five-star quarterback, right? And it's, no, but you've got a guy ahead of him, CJ Stroud is a five-star you got a guy behind him in Quinn Ewers who's a five-star, right? Well, after one year, let's say Stroud starts this year. Well, Kyle McCord is sitting there thinking, not only am I not starting and missing out on NFL opportunities, but I'm not cashing in these six figures a year. Right now, I could be making it the starting quarterback somewhere else, and I could transfer to that school right away and start making that money, right? It's not just that they're transferring for playing time in the NFL dream. Like, how many people over the course of their lives working normal jobs make transfers for from city to city because it's a $30,000 promotion for them and their family, right? You people move across the country for stuff like that. So what happens if there's literally a six-figure incentive for a player to switch schools and still chase the really big picture dream? It's going to be really hard because you have to continually re-recruit your roster, not just based on playing time, but based on pocketbook, right? Let's say you're a kid like Julian Fleming. And you're not playing as much as you like to try to put receiver on the depth chart this year. And I'm just spitballing. I'm not going by depth chart. This is not official, guys. I don't know anything about what Julian Fleming's thinking. But this is a guy who's number one receiver in the country, right? And he's not playing a lot. And so he's already annoyed. And meanwhile, he sees, you know, let's say Chris, how, what would Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson be worth this year at NIL? Boatloads of money. And if you're sitting there and you're, you're Julian Fleming and you're thinking, man, I could be playing at another school where there's a big city and lots of NIL money, you know, and why would I be sitting here when I'm not playing when I could be playing and when I'm not making $50,000 when I could be or $100,000 when I could be. And then you're going to have to wonder what the incentives are that you can do with NIL 
how involved can coaches be? So this is like, you know, you're going to have some coaches. They're not allowed to be involved in these players likeness stuff. You're going to have coaches that get in trouble, but for brokering deals to keep kids in the program who aren't playing, make sure they keep getting paid. And that starts crossing that line again of, you know, coaches involved in paying players. So you can see how this can have a domino effect real quick. So it's, it's, it's going to be an unbelievable, difficult terrain for coaches to sort of figure out in the next couple of years, because that's not just one world shifting change. That's two. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all turns out. Great stuff from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.